if you know how to cook, <laughs> you better find your way in the culinary ministry. If you know how to count money, I mean, she laid that thing out. Give God some praise right there, y'all. Wow. Wow. Oh, I, I mean that sincerely. Praise God for them. Thank you all, music ministry, for singing uh, to the occasion. Amen. You may stand with me now. I'm going to say a few things. Come on and stand with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you did not receive your uh, copy of the sermon notes, the ushers we will be more than glad to assist you. If you're a part of the digital age, you can go to the Version Bible app and download them directly to your device so that you can have those with you electronically. Now, you know, when you have a, a day like this, you're going to overlook some things, and I take full responsibility for missing a couple of names. Uh, our Big Brothers, Big Sisters, Big Hope mentoring program, uh, their recommendation for the VIP was Deacon David Larry. Give God some praise. Come on, come on, come on. Very faithful and committed uh, to that ministry, and our For His Glory dancers is Cavellion Bowman. Where you at, girl? Where you at? Nikki, where you at? Amen. She's a choreographer. And, is she still in here? She'll be back. Okay. She's probably doing the dance right now. Amen. But she's a phenomenal uh, dancer, and uh, I'm going to teach her a few things, uh, give her some moves. But again, as you remain standing, uh, for those of you who got your certificates, uh, and for all of the ministries on the on the front lawn, we uh, we have a beautiful a volunteer appreciation sign. Spend some time. Don't rush out. Take some pictures. Share a little fellowship. And uh, let's let the world know what the Lord is doing in and through Greater Bethlehem. Amen. First Corinthians chapter fifteen, chapter fifteen, verse fifty-eight. We're going to begin reading from the Christian Standard Bible. Listen to the word of the Lord. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters. Be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the Lord's work because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Now, y'all know y'all like that King James Version, don't you? I'm going to go ahead and find it for you, all right? Y'all, you, you can stand a few seconds longer, amen? I'm going to find that King James Version because it, it reads a little more better and King James is all my Gandhi use. Amen. Gandhi's like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know about the mother. I don't know what they're saying in there. And uh, she got me straight many, many a day. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58 from the King James. Not the new King James. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord and the people of God said amen you may be seated right now father God in the name of Jesus we pause to praise you we thank you Lord God for the uh, joy of thanksgiving as we appreciatively applaud all of these servant leaders, these men and women who do the work of ministry at Greater Bethlehem Baptist Church. Father, I'm so grateful for the privilege of, of serving alongside every single one of them. Thank you for the gifts that they bring to the ministry. Thank you for the joy and service that they bring. And Lord, as I mentioned to them earlier, Lord, there is no way to even pay them for all that they do. Lord, they spend so much of their time, their treasures, and their talent. 
to ensure that ministry goes forth from this church with excellence. And Lord, you know we are so grateful for every single one of them. Now, Father, as we turn our attention to the preaching hour, I pray that you would clear our minds, control our emotions, govern our will. Father, I pray for us to be on one accord. Moving forward, I pray that your spirit would break up any ground that seeks to impede what you're doing here. Father, I ask in faith that you would restore to us the joy of our salvation. Revive us, O Lord. And so that even as we limp into 2020, we do so with hands raised. Even as we crawl into 2020, we do so with a thankful heart. So, Father, speak to us now. This is your moment. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Let everybody say amen. amen. Praise God. Thank you so much, ushers, and y'all look fantastic on today. The title for today's message, again, is Winning While Waiting. Winning while waiting. Our message moment says this. Follow along with me. It says, we serve from victory until we await the final victory. We serve from victory, which means we've already won. We're already on the winning team. And so it is essentially up to us to simply fulfill the calling until the Lord himself determines that his time to return is nigh. Winning while waiting. God bless you. God takes notes. One key principle I've noted in scripture is that my labor is not in vain. What I do for the Lord is not in vain. And so the simple principle affirms the fact that all that is done, all service that is rendered, all ministry that goes forth is noted by God. Why? Because God takes notes. He documents what is done, but his sovereignty also documents why it's done. God takes notes. So this message is both a commendation and a note of conviction to guard not only what we do, but also why we do whatever it is we've been called to do. Are you praying with me so far? Again, I'll restate the fact that God knows what we do, but God has an even more in-depth perspective because God knows why we do what it is we do. And so we're constantly wrestling as flesh crawlers with checking our motives and motivations for our service. Paul helps me in Colossians chapter 3. He says in verse 23, whatever you do, whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people. I'm going to pause the text because let me tell you something, church. If what you do, you do for man, then your joy will be contingent upon their response. And I'm here to let you know they'll love you on Friday and they'll crucify. I need a witness up in here. So Paul says in Colossians, whatever you do, Stephen Brown, do it from the heart as something for the Lord and not for people, knowing that you will receive the reward. Somebody say reward. reward. 
you will receive the reward and inheritance from the Lord. You serve the Lord Christ. Y'all, God takes notes. And on today, I simply want to co-sign with God and affirm with you that your pastor also takes notes. I've seen you come early and stay late. I've seen you strive towards perfection in fulfilling the vision God has given you for your ministry. I've seen you fight through the resistance of folk who don't want to serve. Y'all help me preach this. I've seen you press forward with the faithful few you've got to make sure that the program went forth regardless of support. I've seen you serve with excellence when you've oftentimes had to reach into your own pocket. Y'all help me preach this. I've, I've seen you time and time again, week in, week out, serve, and no one even stopped to say thank you. I'm here to let you know that your pastor has also taken notes. And so I don't want anyone who serves at Greater Bethlehem Baptist Church to ever feel like his or her labor is in vain. I don't want you to ever feel like I am not appreciated, I am not valued. Now understand this, your value comes from God. But every now and then, even the most mature believer needs a pat on the back. Every now and then, even the most sanctified saint needs to hear, thank you. I'm letting you know God takes notes, y'all. And I've been taking notes. Serving the Lord, as I open the section, says there, through his church is the best use of one's time, one's talents, and one's treasures. It is our high calling. It is our high privilege. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8, now he who plants... And he who waters are one, and each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. In fact, we're called to serve until we're called home. Y'all help me preach this. We're called to serve until we're called home. Now, I would like to just for about 30 minutes, if I may. (laughs) Y'all know I'm lying. I would like to examine 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I'm going to concentrate my attention verses 50 through 58. Now, any Bible readers in the house know Paul is dealing with the topic of death. And you may ask yourself, Pastor Brown, why would you choose a chapter on death to speak to those who are living? Let me tell you why. Because death helps us to understand the concept of time. Can y'all hear me good? Can y'all hear me good? Death helps us to understand the concept of time. As Paul builds his case for the victorious resurrection, he is communicating in chapter 15 that two things are certain. Here is the first thing. The one thing that is certain is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, I, I can't put that any plainer because let me tell you something. If anything should get you excited is the gospel that a father in heaven loved you so much that he sent his one and only son, the only one qualified to come to earth to redeem and to save your sin-sick soul, you should be rejoicing over the gospel. But in rejoicing over the gospel, Paul also communicates this profound fact, and that is this, Jesus' resurrection. 
That's what he's talking about in 1 Corinthians 15. He's talking about the gospel. And he's also talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Look at chapter 15, verse 1. Paul says, now I want to make clear for you, brothers and sisters, the gospel I preach to you, which I received, which, which you received, on which you have taken your stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold to the message I preach to you, unless you believed in vain, for I passed on to you as most important what I also received. Here it is, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried that he was raised on the third day or I'm gonna shout by myself according to the scriptures and that he appeared to Cephas then to the twelve see some were suggesting a little more on these monitors please some were suggesting that that the believer had no hope in the resurrection so Paul had to take them all the way back to Christ and his cross and let them know that because Christ was raised, the believers share the hope in the resurrection. See, I need church folk to understand that because Jesus Christ rose, we have a hope that we too will rise. And I don't know about you, I don't know what gets you excited, but, but what gets me excited is the fact that on one day I'll be face to face with my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. One day I'll be in a church service, we ain't got to worry about the time, because every day will be Sunday and Sabbath will have no end. Is there a witness in the house that can just shout that one day... We'll be there. So Paul makes his argument even clearer to communicate that once Christ returns, once he handles all of his opposition, setting all things in order, the Lord will deal with death. I'm, I'm building my case, y'all. He's letting us know that the Lord is going to deal with, with death. Now, I, listen, death, ah, oh, death has been hitting us hard here, y'all. He's been hitting us hard here recently. I ain't going to call your family. I just talk about my own family. Death has been hitting us hard. And oftentimes, it's a painful reality of our depravity. I'm talking to some folk right now. You've lost loved ones. You've lost mothers and fathers. You've lost sisters and brothers. You've lost grandmothers and grandfathers. Some of y'all have lost friends who are as close as relatives. But Paul says, I need for you to know something. In verse 50, he says, what I'm saying, brothers and sisters, is this. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. I'm still in the text. Nor can corruption inherit incorruption. Listen, I'm telling you a mystery. We will not all fall asleep, but we will all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will, I need some witnesses up in here. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we will all be changed. Let me stop right there because I'm, I'm about to get happy. But I need for you to understand according to this text, uh, uh, Paul is helping us to understand that, that the death angel ain't the end.
I, I, I know that Christmas is going to be hard this year. I, 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 I know that New Year's is going to be difficult. But I need for you to take a, a little solace in knowing that, that death ain't the end for the child of God. But he's, he's, he, he's going on. He says, for this corruptible body will be clothed in incorruptibility and this mortal body will be clothed with immortality. When this corruptible body is clothed with incorruptibility and this mortal body is clothed with immortality, then the saying that is written will take place. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where death is your victory? Where death is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus. See, some folk don't know when to shout. You give God praise because you know that death ain't the end. So in the end, in the end, in the end, beloved, there will be uh, a discussion with death. Oh, I like that by myself. Where death will be defeated. So, so, so check, check out our emphasis. Check, check this out. I want you to catch this. This is important. First thing I want you to get is this. Uh, we're talking about winning while waiting. The first thing is this. Death is inevitable. I need you to get that down. I know, I know, I know. Pastor, you, you, you're taking us a long way around the block. But we, we got to get there before we get there. Death is inevitable. Death is inevitable. I know you're thinking, well, he says that uh, we, we shall not all sleep. Death is inevitable, y'all. And the sooner you accept that, the sooner you can move into this place that Paul is trying to get you in. See, some of us, we have a difficult time embracing what death is all about. And as a consequence, when death happens in our lives, it takes us out. Somebody say, death is inevitable. Those who have passed and those who yet remain, death is inevitable. Y'all, there's nothing we can do about it. Death is a part of our depravity. Death is a part of our fallen nature. Death happened when Adam and Eve stepped outside of God's will for their lives. As a consequence, a generational curse was passed down to us. We inherited death. Not only death is inevitable, secondly, destination is optional. Oh, I'm feeling this by myself. Let, let, let me unpack. Let me tell you something. Uh, uh, look at your neighbor said, you may die. I know, they, they didn't want to hear it. I know. Some of them didn't even turn. But let, here's what I, I need you to understand. There's nothing you can do about death. It is inevitable. But there is something that you can do about your destiny. Oh, God. Y'all, let me tell you, I can walk out this door right now and, and something could happen and my life could be snatched. But let me tell you something. I'm going to be all right. Dr. King said, I, I may not get there with you. He said, but I've already been to the mountaintop. He said, my eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. So I may not get there with you, but I'm here to let you know I'm going to be all right. Paul says, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Paul says, if I live, I can share in his service. If I die, I can experience his presence. Paul said, I can't lose. But what I want you to get, beloved, in this Christmas time season is that your destiny is optional. 
And before you, before you turn me off, let me say something. There's only one invitation given. That only invitation is given is to heaven. You don't get an invitation to hell. You choose to go there. And let me just ask you a question. Have you ever gone somewhere you were uninvited? Have you ever felt how folks look at you when you ain't invited? That's what you're going to look like in hell. They're going to look at you like, what are you doing here? You are not invited. You ain't got no business here, but by then, it'll be too late. So a decision must be made now. Somebody say now. If you're waiting, then stop waiting. If you're confused or if, if you're undecided, then allow us to pray for you and to guide you through God's plan of salvation. Paul wants us to understand something. This ain't written for everybody. What I'm about to tell you is not for everybody. Only for those who place their trust in Christ. Death is inevitable. Destiny or the destination is optional. But then he says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Here it is. Jesus makes all things possible. Oh, God. Jesus makes all things possible. Jesus makes all things possible. So, so understanding that Jesus has won and will finish what the Father has purposed for him. You got to know that. See, when he was raised from the dead, thank you, Holy Spirit, he, he positioned himself for his second coming. And so when he comes back that second time, y'all, we got to be ready. Y'all, we can't play church. No, 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 we can't. And some of us play church. Look at your neighbor and say, he talking about you? If they didn't turn, child of God, I need you to get this. I need you to know that we serve one who fights from victory. The Lord Jesus, watch this, y'all. He, 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 was, he was crucified. He, he died on the third day. He rose. He remained, as it says in the first part of 1 Corinthians, he tarried around for those to witness. And then in Acts chapter 1 and 2, he ascended. But in Romans chapter 8, it helps me to understand that right now he is standing at the, at the right, seated at the right hand of the Father, standing in the gap as an intercessor. And all he's doing is, watch this, he's looking for those who got the blood on them. And so he's talking to the father. He said, yeah, he got the blood. She got the blood. She's okay. She got the blood. Oh, he, he's, cov he's covered in the blood. She, she's, she's covered in the blood. What blood are you talking about? I'm talking about the blood he shed on Calvary's cross. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood. And now, we made our way to our text. That didn't take long. Oh, God. 
Oh, oh, God. Now we see in verse 58, Paul says, therefore. See, if you would have read that without the context, you would know what Paul was talking about. But now Paul gives us the therefore. He asked me to understand that based upon the fact that death is inevitable, that our destination is optional, but that Jesus Christ makes all things possible, therefore. Oh, God, I feel my help up in here. See, in other words, he puts it back on us. He said, now what you going to do? You already got the victory. You already got a relationship. Now you get to win while you wait. Yeah, look at your neighbor and say, he's coming back. Say, he's coming back. Help me say he's coming back. He's, he's coming back. He's coming back. Therefore, therefore, my dear brothers, my dear sisters, here it is. Be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the Lord's work because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Y'all, we serve from victory. Y'all, this text has helped me this week, y'all. I'm telling you, it's helped me this week, y'all. It's helped me this week. Let me tell you something. You ever been discouraged? You ever been defeated? You ever been downtrodden? See, all of that is the enemy trying to trick you into forgetting that you already have the victory. Woo! All he wants to do is to discourage you to the point where you start giving up. Oh, I feel that by myself. But Paul said, ah, 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 You already got the victory, Steve Brown. All you got to do is walk out what the Lord has already worked in. All you got to do is take a step towards that that, that you've called. Uh, uh, Paul, Paul says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, be steadfast. Y'all, this is so simple. This is so simple. You're going to figure it out yourself. Uh, the first thing Paul says, if, if you want to win while you wait, Paul says you got to be firm. Look at your neighbor and say, be firm. Come on, be firm. Mm-mm-mm. Now, I didn't just find a word to alliterate it. That's what steadfastness means. It means, watch this, to be firm, to be unwavering. Oh, God. To stop being two-faced it. Y'all don't feel me up in here. I'm preaching, I'm preaching to myself. Uh, uh, Charlie Day said, I'm preaching to my dog on self. Um, Paul says, Paul says, listen, uh, 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 stop, stop being two-faced. Yeah, I have a degree in English. I know it's two-faced, but for right now, it's two-faced. And y'all, y'all, y'all know, y'all know the Batman character, Two-Face. He got, he got disfigured on one side, but this side looks good. And depending on how he feel, that determines which one you'll see. Woo, God. So watch this. If, if, if he's talking to the pastor, you get the good side. But if he's talking about the pastor, and all I'm trying to get you to see is be firm. Pick a side and be firm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Uh, uh, Paul says, Paul says, be 
steadfast. What do you, what do you mean? What does it mean? He says, from, from a posture of conviction. See, this is, this is where you get steadfastness from, from a posture of conviction. You, you, you got to have something deep down on the inside that keeps you grounded. Because let me tell you something, it is so hard to be firm in 2019. Can I get a witness up in here? Anybody money funny? Anybody relationships just jacked up from the flow up? It's almost as soon as you wake up, you're almost afraid to check your, to check your phone. Because you, you know it's going to be something bad, something horrible. Paul says, watch this, watch this, child of God. There's nothing you can do about those circumstances. But from a place of conviction, be firm. Uh, 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 um. Reliable experiences remind us of the faithfulness of God. See, if, if, if you just started this journey then maybe you hadn't gone through enough. But I know I got somebody in here. This ain't your first rodeo. This, this ain't your first merry-go-round. You, you got some decades of the faithfulness of God. And, and based upon what God has done, it gives you the experience of what God can do. I know the situation is bad. I, I know you're frustrated. I know you miss your loved one. But Paul says, be steadfast. Let's keep going, let's keep going, let's keep going. Paul says, be steadfast. But the text is moving. The second description that we ought to do as we win while we wait is immovable. King James Version says, unmovable. Now, this don't mean in a bad way, y'all. <laughs> Let me be clear. Y'all hear me? This don't mean don't change. That ain't, that, that, that ain't what he's talking about. 